You are listening to episode 43 of the Happy Outdoor Families podcast. And today we are touching on a topic that has been on my mind ever since I first created this podcast. Today we are going to be talking about one of our hidden senses, our vestibular sense, why it is important, how it is developed, and why it seems to be lacking in a lot of kids in this generation and what we can do about it. Listen in. Welcome to Happy Outdoor Families, the podcast that encourages and equips families to spend more time exploring and playing together outside. I am your host, Emily Eisenbarger, and I hope that as you listen in each week, you will feel inspired and excited about reconnecting your kids and yourselves with the outdoors, whatever that looks like for you. Join with me as we dive into the beauty, the benefits, and the challenges of taking life outside. Thanks for listening. A couple of years ago, I came across an article that talked about a strange phenomenon among young kids in schools. They were falling out of their chairs at alarming rates. A first grade teacher describing some of the quirks of her classroom talked about how her students were like 23 little penguins trying to sit on chairs. One week, I took a tally, she recalled, and in total, my students fell off of their chairs 44 times. 44 times in one week. This blew my mind. So I called up a friend of mine who is a kindergarten teacher and I asked her about this. I asked if she had noticed her students falling out of their chairs and she kind of laughed and said, as a matter of fact, they do. Granted, young kids are wiggly and they might not be used to sitting in a hard, slippery chair, but it seems to me that there has to be something more going on and I'm not the only one who thinks so. But what could be causing modern children to be falling off of chairs more than previous generations? What deficiency exists in their sense of balance? Well, it turns out that balance and the ability to sense where our body is in relation to the world around us is a skill that has to be worked on and developed in our brains and in our bodies, just like any other physical ability. So what we're talking about here is our vestibular system. This is a body system located in our inner ear that makes it possible for us to sense where we are in space, whether or not we are moving, and how quickly, and in what direction. So to explain how this works in the most basic way, we have these little hairs inside of our inner ear. And when we move our head in different directions, the fluid in the inner ear moves as well. And that stimulates those little hairs, and that in turn provides information about our body position. This system is essential to our ability to move through the world easily, to balance, as well as to track objects separate from ourselves. Interestingly, it also plays a role in focus, attention, and visual skills, and even in emotion regulation and sensory processing. Kids with deficiencies in their vestibular system might have poor muscle tone, difficulty keeping their body in one position, difficulty tracking moving objects, or scanning a page to read. 
they will have difficulty balancing because their brain isn't efficiently communicating to the body how to move and adjust to stay on their feet during physical activities, or in some cases, even on their chairs. If you think about that, if you kind of get off of balance or you're walking across, you know, a balance beam or a log or something like that, you kind of naturally have this sense of which way you need to manipulate your body in in order to continue balancing. And that all comes from your vestibular system. Kids might also have difficulty with reading, with attention, with emotion regulation, with bilateral coordination where they're um, communicating between the two sides of their bodies, such as in riding a bike or operating a zipper or buttons. Can you start to see how far reaching these problems could be if kids are not developing their vestibular sense sufficiently? And the types of skills that I'm talking about that are supported by the vestibular system Having an awareness of where our body is, how it's oriented, and how it's moving, these are things that we generally take for granted. They just happen automatically. We do not have to think about these things or struggle with them. The fact is that this system did have to be developed in our bodies. Now, a lot of that development actually happens in utero, but it continues to be extremely important to develop the vestibular system through early childhood and especially up in to around the age of seven, though it doesn't stop being important at that point. So we get back to this question of why some kids today might have deficiencies in their vestibular sense. And I think the answer lies in how the vestibular sense gets developed in children in the first place. So we develop our vestibular sense primarily through large body movements, especially movements that put our heads in all different positions. You think about jumping, rolling, swinging, spinning, balancing, hanging upside down, or traversing uneven terrain. What our modern kids are missing in many cases is enough time and space to move, and especially to move outside. Because again, you think about the types of activities that can happen outside versus the type of activities that can typically happen inside. And you see how much more movement and manipulation of our bodies is going to happen when we are given that free, open-ended time outside. Did you know that the average amount of time American kids are spending per day in unstructured outdoor play is just four to seven minutes? Meanwhile, the average amount of leisure time spent with screens on a daily basis is measured in hours, depending on their age bracket. And that is outside of the amount of time that school-age children are spending every day sitting at desks or tables where they are not moving their bodies. Brandon Hall, who is the person who wrote that article that I referenced at the beginning of the show and is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist, argues that even today's playgrounds tend to be watered down compared to previous generations so that they don't present that same physical challenge as they did in the past. And on top of that, adults tend to be more rule-heavy when kids are playing outside at recess. 
prohibiting things like swinging on bellies, spinning around until you fall down, climbing on top of equipment. But these increasingly cautious sets of rules are limiting kids' chances to move their bodies in a variety of ways in all different directions, thus limiting the development of their vestibular system as well as their core strength. One of my very favorite books to reference for parenting and education and child development is Balanced and Barefoot by Angela Hanscom. Angela is a pediatric occupational therapist and is also the founder of Timbernook. And in her book, she makes the most compelling arguments for bringing back unrestricted outdoor play. I want every parent and educator to have her book. I've been reading pieces of it again recently, and I might just need to gift a few copies this year. In this book, she touches on a lot of really fascinating things, including a bit about our vestibular system. And I want to read a little bit of what she says. So Dr. Hanscom observed a class of fifth grade students that she noticed could not stop fidgeting. She and her colleague decided to investigate why this was happening. So this is what they say about this situation. We took three classrooms from that art integrated charter school and tested their core strength and balance skills and compared the results to the average core strength and balance skills of children in 1984. We found that only one out of 12 children in the groups we tested had the average core strength and balance that kids had 30 years ago. The data from this pilot study was eye-opening. How could 11 out of every 12 children have such pronounced strength and balance deficits when compared to children in the early 1980s? When children participated in simple, balanced tasks, most had a difficult time. For instance, we asked children to spin in a circle 10 times with eyes open and then with eyes closed. In both situations, kids fell to the ground. Some shuffled their feet at a snail's pace. Some had eye responses that were not appropriate. For example, eyes moving back and forth at a rapid pace for longer than typical after spinning. And others extended an arm as a visual guide instead of relying on their body sense. To observe so many children struggle with the simple act of spinning in circles was alarming. It told me that something very wrong was going on with their vestibular sense. Of all the senses, the vestibular sense is often the most overlooked, yet it is the most powerful and arguably one of the most essential of our senses. It is also known as our balance sense. And she goes on to say, Without a strong vestibular sense to provide accurate information about where the body is in relation to its surroundings, all the other senses are also affected, making everything in life more challenging. In fact, the vestibular, auditory, and visual senses are interconnected. If just one of these senses is not working right, the other two are likely to be affected as well. So how do we develop a strong vestibular sense? Well. Dr. Hanscom says that children develop a strong vestibular sense by having frequent opportunities to move, like we've been talking about, especially activities that go against gravity. Walking and running offer some vestibular input, but activities that encourage children out of an upright position provide rapid input to the inner ear. In other words, children will benefit immensely 
by going upside down, spinning, tumbling, and swinging. Most vestibular input can be gained through ordinary play experiences, such as going upside down on the monkey bars, rolling down hills, and dancing until their little hearts are content. So we know the answer. We know how our vestibular sense is developed. Why are kids not getting that enough? Well, kids are limited in their time for movement by diminished recess times if they are in school, by more expectations to be able to sit still and to focus at younger and younger ages, by restrictive rules when play is happening, and a major increase in screen use. Now, I love technology for many reasons and many different applications, but I do think that our relationship with tech, especially in childhood, has changed so rapidly in the last generation that we are only starting to understand the effects of that major change in lifestyle. Some amazing things have happened with technological advances, but also some things that are proving to be extremely detrimental, which is part of the reason behind this movement of reconnecting with the outdoors. Because in the modern world, this sometimes takes a little more conscious effort than it ever would have for previous generations of parents and kids. I think that the really good news though is that having a robust vestibular system is a very simple thing. And certainly there are going to be instances where a child needs occupational therapy, for example. There are other things going on that could be causing issues for their vestibular system that might require more targeted intervention. But for the average kid, the truth is that this is another one of those things that has the simplest, easiest answer. Just give them unrestricted time outside and let it take care of itself. Maybe this is exactly the reason why kids find so much joy in spinning around in circles, in swinging, in jumping, and tumbling. They have that instinct to learn and to do the things that their bodies need as they are developing. And this is great news for parents because it actually isn't complicated at all 99% of the time. And you probably don't have to give it another thought if you are providing unstructured playtime outside as much as you can. Let your kids take some risks. Let them hang upside down. Let them climb a tree or balance on rocks and logs. Let them roll down the hill, collect nature treasures. Let them jump off of things. Their brains and bodies need all of that great input in order to train their vestibular system to effectively help them navigate their environment. And that is so intrinsically connected to so many other things. All of our senses, our focus and attention, our emotions, our sensory processing, it is unfortunate and can be a little bit scary to think that a lot of kids today are deficient in these areas because of the changes to our lifestyles. But I don't bring this topic up to be alarmist, but actually to celebrate how awesomely easy it is to foster healthy development in our kids in so many different ways, simply by getting outside together. We see these problems, but the solution is so simple. Is nature not amazing? 
What a gift and how amazingly connected we are to our world. And at the same time, how important it is to recognize that getting outside and having the space and freedom to play and move is not a luxury. It is not just for leisure and entertainment or a way to relax. Moving our bodies, spending time in nature is connected to our well being and our mental and physical health, our development in so many different ways. And the repercussions of erasing that time from our lives and the lives of our children are far reaching, even in ways that we might not always directly connect to that missing outdoor time. Access to the outdoors and to places where kids can freely and safely play and have the time to do so is essential. I hope that you're able to learn something new or just think about things in a little bit of a different way after listening to this episode. And I'm so excited to finally be able to touch on a couple of these hidden senses and how they are strengthened by outdoor play. So this is actually going to be part one of a two-part series. And in part two, I'm going to be talking about another essential but infrequently discussed sense, our proprioceptive sense. And hopefully understanding more about why play and movement are so important will encourage you and get you fired up about protecting play for your own kids, for your communities, for your schools. We can do this and we can be a part of a positive change that gets kids back outside and playing and interacting and connecting in ways that benefit them for a lifetime. Thank you so much for being here and listening and for being a part of the solution. It is worth it prioritizing outdoor time in whatever way feels good to you is worth it and will benefit you and benefit your families for years to come. I would love to hear from you about what you're liking about the podcast and what else you would like to hear from me on this platform. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you always get notified when new episodes pop up. And I would really appreciate it if you would take just a second and leave me a rating and a review in your podcast app so that more listeners can find us over here and so that I can know how you're feeling and what you want to hear from me. I also love to connect with you over on Instagram. So if that is a social media platform that you use, you can find me over there at Happy Outdoor Families, where I share a little bit about what my family and I are doing throughout the week. And I also just love to see what you are doing. I look forward to being with you again next week. And until then, I will see you outside. Bye.